Hi, this is Chris Bilton at University of Warwick, and you're listening to the We'll Meet Again podcast, life under lockdown in the cultural and creative industries. Over the next few weeks, I'll be talking to people working in the arts and media about how they and their organisations are adapting, what has changed under lockdown, what might change in the future, and what needs to change. In this episode, I'm talking to Dominic Gray, Director of Project at Opera North. It's Saturday, the 25th of April. It's a sunny day, one month into lockdown, and we're talking on Zoom. Hi, Dom. Hey. First of all, what is happening at Opera North now in terms of how you are managing your workload and your time? So we're trying to be responsive to the external information that we're given at the same time as trying to get onto the front foot and put forward uh, for ourselves as much as for anything else to put forward kind of scenario plans that we think could work. I think for me personally, in the work that I do at the organisation, so I'm, I'm director of projects, uh, my job anyway um, is to look at the resources of an opera company, this, the, the artistic resources in uh, places which aren't necessarily strictly operas as such. So a lot of work online, a lot of digital collaboration, um, a lot of collaborations with other art forms and art organisations. That's kind of the things I do anyway. I, yeah. I wonder whether you have found that you are uh, having to think more about regional collaboration and connections because as as one of the bigger funded organizations i guess you are sort of expected to step up for that regional local ecosystem and there are a lot of smaller companies that won't have the assets that you have and won't have the expertise you have for example companies that don't have digital assets that they can broadcast so are you finding that that is becoming more of a priority for the organization yeah i think it is i mean i think it was anyway it's already part of our funding agreement with the arts council that we um it's what's called sector support that 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 you're you're kind of active in making sure that that you are helping helping smaller organizations helping freelance artists and so on i'm spending pretty much 50-50 of my time looking looking very hyper local at the, the 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 you know what's happening in in our city a little bit what's happening in our region but mostly in the city to be honest um and then on the other hand, to doing these big kind of international digital opera stuff and trying to make sure that our international um, profile is sustained. And then I know my, my boss, the general director of Opera North, is spending a lot of time talking to the other general directors of the, the kind of UK big arts organisations, whether that's the Royal Opera or, or the South Bank and uh, you know, Scottish Opera and, and so on. We host, Opera North hosts a... Um, a citywide project called Arts Together, which is a, it's kind of a website and a and a and a, a network that draws together all the activities that the different cultural organisations in the city do around disadvantaged communities, refugees and asylum seekers, and so on. And that's being used a lot at the moment for signposting everything from you know, uh, origami class, online origami classes, down to how people can volunteer to help with uh, hospitals or or care homes. So it's gone way, way beyond being a kind of strictly arts or culture network into being a kind of community resource network. 
you, um, you've always done quite a lot of digital stuff, um, collaborations and connections. Are you are you finding that your partners are up to speed with this? Are you finding the sort of digital exclusions are coming into play, and people are you feel like certain people are benefiting more than others from from the activity that's happening online? I think maybe it's too early to say, Chris. Um, I, um, I think there's been a rush to digital, without a doubt, and you know, both in terms of audiences and people like like you or I thinking, where am I going to get my culture from or go online? And then, you know, having more or less success or satisfaction from that. And equally, cultural organisations just churning it out, getting stuff online as quickly as they can without, without yet a kind of um, strategy or policy behind it, just to kind of be seen and be visible. We, we did this thing recently uh, called the um, Isolation Odyssey, where our orchestra recorded themselves in isolation, um, doing performing the first movement of uh, Strauss's Also Sprach Zarathustra from uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Um, so they filmed that separately, and we they learned how to film themselves separately as individual musicians. Our technical and digital team learned how to splice that together to make it into a coherent film, and we put and we managed to put it online. Now we we never would have. We wouldn't have just done that if it hadn't been for this crisis. But what it's turned out to be is a kind of really artistically innovative, challenging and rewarding artistic experience. I think those those things are, are going to happen by by happenstance as well as by design. We're in a kind of right in the middle of the changes, aren't we? And it's and it's difficult to predict what's going to happen. But like you say, people are just chucking stuff out there. People are trying to yeah, yeah. and everything's up in the air. So I'm I'm not expecting you to predict the future and then hilariously play this back to you in in five years' time saying, you know, well, that was wrong. But it's more like when you are in these times of change, there are also times of possibility and you can start to think, well, maybe we could do that. Maybe maybe we should do that. And I'm I guess you're getting a sense of a shakeup of everything. We're talking people talked about this pause reset and what will happen next. Yeah. Um and, you know, the Arts Council, a, a, a crisis managing, I think, quite effectively at the moment. And they're, but they're, they've also got their, their strategy out there as well. They're pivoting more towards collective community type stuff. There's a whole reorientation, potentially, of culture happening, isn't there? There, there really is. And, and as, you know, as keeps coming up in this conversation, it's very, I hadn't thought about it very much before, but it keeps coming up that a lot of the as you say about the Arts Council 10-year strategy, a lot of this was coming anyway. Uh, it's just kind of been, been kicked forward, accelerated forward. Um, and that's, that's really, I think that, that, I think that is really interesting. We've got, um, we've got a green team, and the same as lots of organisations have got a green team that look after their, their environmental thing. And the thing that we just set up before closure was our wellbeing team, our health and wellbeing team which is, you know, just self-selected group of people from across the organisation. Now, that couldn't have been, again, that couldn't have been better timing it, um, in terms of going into this thing because people are needing a lot of support and, and signposting toward where they can get help and support when they're feeling, feeling low or feeling uh, isolated. So my, my hope is that what the, you know, when we come out the other end of this, uh, it, the world that we are, the, the, the the cultural landscape that we're creating and participating in will will be recognisable because it, because the green shoots of it were there before we went into it. So people trying to do more, 
innovation online, people trying to be more um, environmentally uh, lowering their, their carbon footprint in terms of how they make their work, etc. And the, you know, as I said at the beginning, the kind of um, working collaboratively across a city or across a region with other organisations rather than everybody trying to do everything all of the time, uh, a kind of more a kind of more gentle and a more generous uh, approach to things. Moving on from that, uh, you know, we talked a lot this morning about digital, and I, I really do think that there's there's a very interesting, I think, um, discussion about how how the cultural sector moves from the old the old view of digital, which is how can I film my ballet or how can I film my Henry V and put it online or put it into a cinema so lots of people can see it. Moving from that, not, not, not throwing that in the bin, but moving from that to saying, how can I work with digitally native artists to create new work that's recognisably opera or recognisably theatre or Shakespeare or whatever, but is looking at it in a completely different way and reforming it and reshaping it for new audiences who, who don't want uh, a, a, an online uh, reflection of what's happened in the theatre. They want something different and original they can maybe participate in and contribute to. So I think that, you know, as I say, that, I think that was starting before all this, all this happened, and I think it's going to be uh, accelerated. And I think the skills that people are learning while on lockdown are going to help both to produce that and to participate in it at the at the other end. Yeah, as you say, it's it's there already, but it, people aren't so aware of it. But as we're all getting more skilled up, we're we're people. There's people are discovering there is an appetite for slightly more interesting ways of interacting digitally than simply watching a film. But I just want to pick up the other the other area of change that we've touched upon this morning, which is this idea of connection. And I, I mean, I thought that the um, 2001 Isolation Odyssey, I can't remember, what, what was it called again? Yeah, yeah, that's right, Isolation Odyssey, yeah. yeah. That, that I thought, I found that incredibly moving, and it was something about the idea of connection and community, and people are very aware of that, and people are very emotional about that. It's why people come out and clap for the NHS. It's not just clapping for the NHS, it's actually reconnecting with the people in your street or in your community. Yeah, I mean, it's really noticeable, isn't it? The, the, the first, well, I don't know about around you, but around here, the first week of the, of the clapping, people came out and clapped and then went back indoors. But now you've got people coming out with trombones, drums, people banging, you know, even, you know, even just banging a, 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 a spoon against a pot. But people are singing, you've got opera singers singing. It's all, I think you're absolutely right. There's a kind of, um, there's a kind of everyday creativity seeping into something which, you know, and changing it, and and I think probably making it more festive, and probably if you are a an NHS worker, probably a bit more a bit more exciting and um, fun. I hope the, these changes that we're talking about, all these changes afoot, um, there's a sort of appetite, and it's the you know it's it's changes in the air. Um, do you feel a, a, an excitement or a willingness, particularly amongst what you might call the establishment, broadly framed, to to embrace change? Yeah, I think I think there, there there definitely is. It's it's um there's there's been a lot of very good communication. I was glad you mentioned it earlier. I think the communication from the Arts Council has been absolutely first class. It's been brilliant and and rapid, but thoughtful and and careful. That's been really great. But it's been interesting as well that other kind of leading stakeholder stakeholder funders like like the Edwin Fairbairn Foundation or Paul Hamlin Foundation, et cetera, et cetera, 
uh, have also been communicating a lot and Nesta and, and other people just kind of stepping into the to the discussion and to the shared debate. So, you know, I, I think probably probably what 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 might have happened, what could have happened, would have been uh, people either closing up shop or or delivering kind of uh, vision statements, uh, you know, too too early. And instead, it's been conversational and discursive and slowly opening up where the areas are going to be interesting um, and 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 where input can be valuable. And so I think, and I think a kind of breaking down of hierarchies is, I suppose, what what I mean. That that um, you know, in Leeds, there's a the theatre company Swan Low, who are one of the smaller organisations in the city. They they they've really come come through so, so powerfully in terms of their community engagement, and and that's you know, that's had a lot of traction, and, and it's been a it's been very welcomed by everybody. But you know, also you know, even the the larger organisations in the city looking at that and thinking. We need to do that as well. We need to um, engage on that on those levels too. So I think there's a kind of democratization going on. I think the other thing that that, that I, I was trying to think about how to express earlier is that there's a very interesting dynamic. I think about all this in that it, it, it's all started very very suddenly. It's not you know it came overnight. The 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 cancelling shows and closing theatres and closing pubs and bars and lockdown. But one assumes that the other side of that is going to be much more gradual. The coming back out is going to be small gatherings. Um, you know, we we might be able to gather small numbers of artists together way before we can share what they're doing with an audience and so on. And so that kind of gradual process, that I think that's going to be absolutely crucial, how organisations individually and collectively maximise the potential of that slow, that slow release return. So rather than just holding back until you can do opera again, how do you do community performances? How do you go into care homes with two singers and a piano? Or how do you, you know, do you know what I mean? Or how do you how do you bring together a dancer, an actor, and a singer and an opera singer to just share their skills with each other? Because you can gather three people, but you can't gather thirty six. So there's going to be a really interesting period of creative possibility there that that you can you can see producing really interesting new work and really interesting participatory work and engagement with audiences as well. It's quite, I'm finding it quite welcome in a way that, that the, the stripping out of everything and then having to almost start again every day, think, well, what am I doing today? And yeah. when we talk about institutional change, you tend to forget that actually those people making policies are individual people who are sitting in front of a computer like you and me thinking, well, what's the point of this? What am I doing today? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and, and in, in fairness, okay, you know, coming back to how early this is in the whole process, um, you know, I, I think the first three weeks of of lockdown was just about crisis management. How do you furlough? What does furloughing mean? We were all looking it up, in the, you know. How, how do you close down effectively and positively? How do you manage closure? And then, And then how do you slowly start thinking about Coming back and and uh, as we've been talking about in this conversation, how do you how do you use this period to reassess values, to think through the purpose and function of having a cultural sector at all, um, to 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 come out the other end? And that's that's really I think we're probably just coming to the end of the uh, of the of the just crisis management bit. How do you get from the crisis management into the creative into the creative opportunity of it? I should say as well, you know, I think we 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 work a lot with. 
um, higher education organisations, a lot with Leeds University, uh, but also Leeds College of Music and Hull University and York University and, uh, and others. And there's been a really great sharing there as well, because I think the you know different sectors, not just the cultural sector going through this, you know, the higher education sector is working out how do you do online teaching? How do you retain a civic presence and a civic contribution while you can't while you can't do your public facing things normally? And, and so I think this is a this is a cross sector as well as as well as within each sector. The other thing that we that we're just about to launch, which is very exciting, is um, artist development, online artist development program where so a bit like we're having this Zoom conversation, you could you could have a a sharing between a between a poet and a, a, a you know and a whatever a sitar player and a singer who come together like this to share their work and share their practice and develop develop their, develop maybe new work coming coming out of it. So um, yeah, I think you know I think that thing about it's it's breaking down it's definitely breaking down silos. It, it, ironically or paradoxically, at a time where we're all locked into our own boxes, actually people are People are looking for collaboration in unusual places and in unexpected places. Are there anything? Are there any bad things that you're worried about down the line? The, the main concern, I think, at the at the moment is uh, is for is for individual freelance artists. Again, I think the Arts Council have been very good um, in in pushing that agenda. Uh, not not just with government, but also with the funded organisations, the MPOs. Um, being very clear to us that that they see it as a priority that we look after our supply chain, uh, that we don't we don't just abandon the the freelancers and the guest artists, you know, the writers, makers, the, the musicians, conductors that we work with. There's a really big worry that people are the people who fall into those categories are just not going to be able to survive. So I think that my 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 biggest worry is that the the, the talent pool is going to decline. That people are going to drop out of the business. That people are going to think that they can't go into another one of these. You know, if there's another one of these next year or the year after or in ten years' time, how do you do that if you're living hand to mouth as a freelance artist? And, and particularly in terms of emerging artists, you know, if you're, if you're 25 and you're just coming into being a, a composer or a musician, you haven't got that background behind you that, that that might might enable you to think that you've ridden a storm or two before. And, you know, this is such a big storm. So that was Dominic Gray, Project Director of Opera North in Leeds. And that's what the world looked like on the 25th of April 2020. Some anxiety, but also some green shoots. Digital innovation, collaboration, the hyper-local community. Changes that were happening anyway, now accelerating. And after a sudden close down, a slow reopening and maybe a reset. Ideas and practices and people that were maybe abandoned or neglected now waiting in the wings and ready to take centre stage, if we want them. And by the way, if you haven't already seen it, you can find the Opera North Isolation Odyssey on YouTube. It's also available on the Opera North website, opranorth.co.uk, where you will also find lots of other digital opera, uh, 16 hours of Wagner's Ring Cycle from a few years back, and a recent digital film of Turn of the Screw. So do check that out if you'd like to. I'd like to thank Dominic Gray for his time and I'd like to thank Robert Bilton for the music you can hear in the background. 
This is Chris Bilton from University of Warwick saying thank you for listening and we will meet again.